Welcome to another episode of Small Doses Podcast. It's your girl, Amanda. No, your woman, Amanda Seals. That's right. Because this is side effects of maturity. And, uh, you know, I'm stepping into a new era of life. I know I've been, we've, we've all been talking about the soft life era. We've been talking about this, right? Like we want to be soft. We want to be able to just be less protective and, you know, hard and aggressive. And that's a real thing. I think, though, it it doesn't happen simply just in a silo. Like, it happens as a part of a holistic shift to kind of like how you are showing up in the world. Actually, as I'm saying this, I realize, so part of this episode, I'm going to talk about how there's a similarity with the conversation I had had with Tabitha Brown. Then I just looked at myself and I realized, like, I am, like, wearing a Tabitha Brown costume. <laughs> I've got on the afro and the glasses. So, you know, maybe this is a serendipitous, right? If you haven't checked out that episode of Small Doses Podcast, Side Effects of Having It All with Tabitha Brown, you should check it out. She talks about in that episode how she reached a point where she one day just like looked in the mirror and just connected like outside of herself, but very much within her soul and spirit to God in a way that changed her. And she said that she decided on that day that she would be obedient, and that she had given herself to God and said, I will be obedient. And when we did this interview, you know, I, as someone who does not identify as a Christian, was listening to this and was very moved by her conviction and the way in which it has shown up for her. And I also knew that I feel myself going in this direction of having to have a reckoning with myself, but didn't really know what that looked like for me. And I find myself here you know, post-breakup, having a similar epiphany. And my epiphany came through the channels of maturity, but still landing in the same place. And I'll get to that by the end of the episode. But what I want to talk about with the idea of maturity is I want to first just delve into how that really shows up because I think we talk about it often as it relates to just the idea from being young and grown. And once you are actually grown and an adult, like where do you go from there? So we'll get into that. But first, you know, we got a jam drop. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. We're dropping on these hoes. <sighs> so today's jam drop is maturity versus aging. Now, we did an episode of aging, side effects of aging with Zarandrian Morris. And we talked about aging in a very like literal way, right? Just like the body, like the degenerativeness <laughs> that goes on, you know, the, the cognitive shifts that happen, et cetera. And so that's what I feel like when I think about aging, right? I think of it as it relates to like your actual physical being, your biology versus maturity, which I definitely consider to be much more emotional and mental than it is physiological. You see, the thing about maturity is that it assumes that there has been an evolution, right? That there has been somewhat of a growth that has taken place in your actual consciousness. Whereas aging is growth as it relates in your actual like physicalness, right? Like aging is your bones, you know, osteoporosizing. Hmm? Yeah. You're, you know, aging is, you know, just the actual physical form of your body reacting to its time and its wear and tear, 
right? Like my next door neighbor was telling me that her doctor was like, you can't just get up in the morning and like go into the world. Like you're over 40. Your body has to like prepare for that. And you have to like get it in the right place for that. And that requires like some consciousness. You can get a regimen in the morning. You can, you know, start your day and ease in versus, you know, when you in your 20s, you like, I know that I was drunk last night and I know that I didn't go to bed till 4.30 a.m. And I know that I've only been eating slices of pizza all week, but we got another day that we got to get into this world and we about to do this shit. Yeah, if I did that now, oh my gosh. Y'all will be reading a story about me on TMZ. We knew her so well. We loved her. And now she's she's passed on because the body can't handle it. That's aging. The beauty of maturity and maturation is I think that unlike aging, in the world of your physical body aging, there's only so much you can do to control it, right? Like you're going you're gonna to eat better. You're going to exercise, all these things. But then there are things that just kind of just happen that you can't have any control over. When it comes to maturity, though, you do. You have control. And control is something that humans are always seeking, right? We're always seeking the idea of control, that we were, we're always fighting uncertainty. And control seems like the anecdote for that. So anywhere we can find a little bit of control, we like to do it. We like to dig our heels in, right? And this is a way that I feel like is something that I wish more people sought control in and how they show up in the world as like developed people. That's what maturity is. It's developing, right? And development is a committed effort to expanding something and refining something, right? And fine-tuning and honing. I don't think enough of us are really trying to fine-tune and hone. Your girl is trying to fine-tune and hone, okay? okay? I consider myself a masterpiece that consistently must be kept and must be cared for, but that is never finished, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, you have these, these painters, these great painters of our time that have pieces that they just always are adding to, that they never complete. Well, I look at us as that way. I look at us humans as that way. I look at us individuals as that way. I hope that I am never done maturing. I hope that I'm never done developing. At the end of the day, when I get out of here, I hope that, you know, people say like, damn, like she really stuck with it, yo. And it was good. It was good. But she never got tired of getting better. And that's what kept her here so long. Actually, I don't want to be here that, that long, if I'm being honest, okay? You know, there's a certain point where you're just like, mm. I mean, it's supposedly Ernest Hemingway was like, you know what, I'm going to check out because I just don't want to get old. I'm not saying I'm going to do that, but I'm just saying. I'm at an age now, at 42, where the concept of maturity feels less about something that you're doing to, like, keep up. Because, you know, when you, in your teenage years, right, it's like, oh, my God, you're so mature. You're what the French call les incompetents. Shout out to everyone who got that reference. Jeremiah, like the Bible. Did you get that reference? Okay, because Jeremiah, who is not completely mature yet, he does not oftentimes get the reference. And it's just like, oh my gosh, how did you not know that? But uh, shout out to everybody who did. Kevin McAllister. I just think that so many folks are afraid to mature the same way they're afraid to age. And in both cases, there's so much beauty in having the ability to do so. You know, like we had Mia J on here who is the partner of the late young Dolph. And she has a company and it's a clothing line. It's a foundation called Black Men Deserve to Grow Old. And, you know, the concept is that, you know, so many black men are losing their lives at such young ages to gun violence, to street shit, to police brutality, et cetera. And we undermine and we underestimate the privilege that there is in being allowed to age. You know, being allowed to be here long enough to see your experience 
turn into wisdom. And the word wisdom is going to come up in this episode quite a few times because of what I believe is that, you know, when it comes to the concept of maturity, it is that. You know, maturity is when you you start making decisions based on what you know, not just on what you feel. It's when you move from being a Gryffindor to a Ravenclaw. Because the Gryffindor is coming from a place of pure bravery, courage, strength, and heart. We got to do this. We got to get the Order of the Phoenix together. We got to get out there and we got to take this shit down. Okay? These Death Eaters, they're acting up. We got to put this together. The Ravenclaws are like, okay, facts, facts. We got to do that, but we got to make sure that we do that. And we got to team up and we got to make sure that we actually going to practice. We're going to need somewhere to practice. We need somewhere to practice that's actually safe. So how about we use the room of requirement, right? Because the Ravenclaws understand the bravery, but they also understand the rationale and logic. That's where maturation comes in. That's where maturity comes in. Where you're not just shooting from the hip. You're like, hold up. Let me make sure that I have the right weapon. And I think for some people that feels confining. I think for some people that feels old. And I think for me, it feels like a privilege. It feels like a privilege to be able to reach a point where you have access to that because it feels less chaotic. That's where the control that people are seeking, I feel like is so often right at their fingertips in simply just extending themselves to just put a little bit more effort into like understanding And it's just, it's uncomfortable. And our society is like really promoting it. And that's why we have so many people trying so hard to be young and be young and be young because being young feels free. But you're free because you're dumb. And it's fine that you're dumb because that's what we're all trying to figure out. We got to, you know, there's there's, there's a process in this. But when you're dumb past the point where it's practical to be dumb, well, now you're just stupid. And that's when we start talking about immature. You know, because now you've been here long enough and you've been present enough to where there's an option for you that you're just simply not accessing. And the question becomes why? And oftentimes it's because of trauma. And oftentimes it's because your trauma that happened to you at a young age is keeping you from maturing past that age. It is holding you hostage. And so even though you are chronologically 35, 42, et cetera, you are still emotionally trapped at the age where the trauma took place. You're, it's arrested development. And so the only way to get past that is to acknowledge it and to set it free. That's what they mean by healing your inner child. At least that's what I mean when, <laughs> when I'm talking about healing your inner child. And then you get the opportunity to step into the maturity that allows you a whole new level of freedom. And that freedom is trust. And when Tabitha was talking about obedience with her God, I realize that that for me is trust in what I am being shown as true. And I will expound upon that a little later in that one time. So let's drop in to your side effects of maturing questions. First question, what is the key to balancing maturity and playfulness as an adult? You know what I think the key is? I think the key is really like leaning into your playfulness and knowing like 
where it's coming from and that it's not being tapped into as an anxiety or as like an escape, but more so just as a part of you. And I think that's like the real thing. Like, I feel like I've had a propensity to be with men who have a lot of playfulness about them, but it's not because they're young at heart. It's because they have not committed to elevating. (laughs) So like they're still stuck in this thing. And it speaks to the parts of me that are young at heart because like I know how to like have fun in that. But then when it's time to like actually like take that to another place and step out of it, like they don't have the balance because it feels like they're like departing from something that they may either never have gotten to be free in or something that they have never gotten to move past. So I think it's just knowing where your playfulness is actually rooted and when it's from a healthy place, enjoying that and living in that and loving that and not letting it rule the stuff that you do from a more mature place because all of it is you, you know, like it's all a part of you. And for me, I'm a really playful person and I used to get frustrated because there were times in my relationship where like my playfulness wouldn't get responded to but like he would be playful and I would just go along with it because it's like fun. But then when I was playful, I'd be like, wait, why are you being playful? <laughs> I never really understood what that was about. But I feel like that's the kind of difference, like because my playfulness must be coming from somewhere that he's not really tapping into. But nonetheless, I think it's just about knowing what where stuff is coming from and uh, having fun with it versus leaning on it. Does that make sense? Next question. How do you maintain friendships or relationships with those who haven't matured at your level? Maybe you've superseded them or they have matured past you. How do you both hold space for one another? I mean, I think your expectations have to shift. I've been in scenarios where I've been on both sides of this, where maybe I hadn't matured yet and someone just felt like they didn't have space for me, but there was no grace for me. And what I'm trying to do in this phase of my life is have more grace for those that I feel like haven't gotten to that space, unless they're harmful with it, right? If they're harmful with it, then it's like, there's nothing I can really do, but, you know, send you love and light and and maybe we'll meet again on the on the path where after you've like figured it out and you can kind of tone and we can keep it popping. But otherwise, it's kind of like, okay, well, there's also certain people that maybe like their role in your life becomes more truncated. It's like, this is the person that I know I can travel with, or this is the person I know I can go see a movie with because they have a certain type of energy about them. But like, this is not somebody that I can rely on for like when I'm out of town to make sure that my animals are taken care of because they're not a mature person. They they don't respect life, <laughs> like, or responsibilities, you know? And so like, I've had to be conscious about that. And again, there's also just the reality that like you grow out of people. And I don't think that people really, really truly understand that until you you start to grow. And it's not that you grow out of people because you better than them. It's not like you grow out of people because you're like elitist or some shit. It's just that you ain't willing to accept certain shit that they are still willing to accept. And now it becomes contentious or it becomes uncomfortable, right? And you also, sometimes you know better, so you can't still be doing the same thing. And then if you know better now and you're trying to tell them about it because you know better, they looking at you like, oh, you, oh, you think, think you better than me? Oh, you, you a smarty art nigga, but can you kick my ass? But can you kick my ass? And so that dynamic, ain't nobody trying to be in that dynamic. It's even more difficult when that dynamic is with a family member or with a parent. Make sure you listen to side effects of parents. Because if you have a parent 
that never matured after a certain point, and now you've matured. It's like we're all in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon again, and the student has become the teacher. Well, what now? You know? What are we doing now? Now the student has become the teacher, and now the teacher was trying to assassinate the other lady, and now you over here, you got to stop the teacher from trying to assassinate the other lady. The teacher finds out that you the one that was trying to stop her. The teacher's looking at you like, how the heck are you flipping on me? And it's like, well, because you taught me how to be a better person, and I, like, honed those skills, and now I'm looking at you like, why aren't you also honing these skills? Why did you stop getting better? That's never a fun combo with the parents. But it's a necessary one. And I think... When it comes to the friends and the family and the relationships, I will say this. In a romantic relationship, I do not think it's possible. I do not think a romantic relationship can sustain if one person is actively pursuing healing and the other person is not. Because even if you are not on the same level, there has to be an active effort. There has to be an active effort. Because you can have grace and understanding and knowing that this other person, like, they may not have the same capabilities. They may not have the same capacity as you. But if they have the same interests, then your value systems are aligned and you can go a lot of places with an aligned value system. But baby, if that ain't on the list of priorities, well, it's not going to work. Next question. What are the best and worst things about maturing? I mean, I would say the best thing about maturing is I think you should start to feel good more. You start to feel more at peace. You You start feeling less less frantic you start feeling less pulled along you you just start you start because you're not fighting the path you just save more energy you just feel like lighter and I would say that the um worst part is letting go of people and uh, giving yourself grace and forgiveness for the ways you were operating when you weren't mature and taking the opportunity when you can, or not even just when you weren't mature. It's not as if you flipped a switch, but, you know, just your process and and what, taking the opportunity when you can to atone for that. And I will say this, though. Not everybody deserves a whole atonement. I've had people be like, I met you in 2006 at Boston University and you were stank. And I, and, and I can tell that you still got stankness. And then somebody was like, uh, you know, you, you owe them an apology. And it's like, well, you're not getting an apology when you come in at me like that. I ain't that mature. Next question. What did maturity look like for you at various stages in your life? Ooh, y'all be asking some good questions. Well, I think the first thing that comes to mind is when I was shooting my brother and me at Nickelodeon. And it was me on set with other kids. And my mom had to go to work. So I didn't have the luxury of having a parent with me all day or the annoyance. Uh, But I was expected to, you know, leave a good impression. Like, you know, that my mom is not to be called at work, whether I'm at school or at work. Um, And so it was, there was a maturity just in the sense that you're a child, but you're in a professional setting and professional settings require a certain level of decorum that isn't necessarily expected of kids, right? Like you kind of expect kids to just be free and, you know, having a good time. And well, yeah, but we're in the studio and we got to know these lines and there's all these adults here and they got to get certain things done in order for this to get across the finish line. And so, you know, you need to be on point. And there's a maturity in the acknowledgement of that level of responsibility, right? And I think that for kids... Anytime that we are expected to have a certain level of responsibility, there's a certain level of maturity that happens. And unfortunately, that's oftentimes in the worst way, right? Unfortunately, oftentimes that responsibility is happening due to negligence. 
right? Like, oh, I got to take care of my brothers and sisters because a parent is, you know, not able to, or I got to take care of myself because a parent is not present. And that ends up forcing a level of maturity and responsibility that can really like, you know, damage someone. But I don't feel like it damaged me in this case because it wasn't due to negligence as much as it was just the way it was. My, I know you're like, yeah, but you just said your mom wasn't there. And it's like, yeah, but I knew where she was. I knew she was coming back. <laughs> and then parents was crazy anyway. So I was actually glad that my mom wasn't there to be crazy with them. So I think that's the first one. And very closely thereafter is gymnastics. There was a certain level of maturity that we all as like gymnasts kind of took on because we had a goal. And I don't know that as kids, most kids have like a goal, right? It may be just like, oh, I'm gonna play this sport and have, you know, uh, we're gonna see what happens or, you know, I'm gonna try this activity and we'll see what happens, et cetera. But gymnastics... Once you reach a certain level, you now have like goals in place that require your brain to lose a certain level of like, I don't want to say playfulness, but it means that your brain, I want, okay, I don't want to say lose. It required my brain to expand, to engage in a new level of, again, responsibility that I had never thought about. And even though I had been in dance and I had been in other things, like this was like, okay, if you want to get that goal, it's on you. So I think, you know, the maturity is, is responsibility. And the concept of responsibility is not in simply just like chores, you know, or expectations like as a parent, but it's in also like being responsible for yourself and, and willingly taking that on. Right. So many of us are reaching a point where, yeah, we can do the chores or, yeah, we can take care of the kids, but we're not willing to be responsible for ourselves and do what we need to do for ourselves. And that is like a complete, to me, ignoring of a certain level of maturity. So when I was a gymnast, I knew if I want to go to this next step, I got to be responsible for what I need to do in order to get to that next step. I need to stretch. I need a condition. If I'm being lazy with the conditioning, I'm not going to get to where I need to get. So I need to be mature enough to know that these are the things that are required of me and that it's nobody else's responsibility to do it. I think there's another step of maturity that happens when you go away to college, right? Because like the safety net is gone. Even if your parents... I mean, when I went to college, me and my mom wasn't even, like, getting along. But it was still like, yeah, but you still my mom. Like, I still got home to come home to. You know, like, once you get to college, you you come home and you just in the room. <laughs> like, there's no one there whose job is to make you feel good. And so it's very important that you mature into a space of understanding that, again, it's on you. Maybe as I'm talking about this, I'm coming to the epiphany that, Maturity is really you at different stages of your life taking on different responsibilities of you, not just on responsibilities outside of you, you know, but actually like the responsibility of you. And maybe that's what maturity is, you know, and you expanding into that role and understanding the gravitas of what's involved with that. Because as I'm talking, I'm just like, wow, I have gone through a lot of stages of maturity. You know, even when I changed my name from Amanda Diva to Amanda Seals, that was me maturing into another space because I had to let something go that had been so comfortable for me for so long, but that I knew was holding me back. And I had to be responsible for, I had to take my own responsibility in letting that go because 
I knew that it was holding me back. And no one else could have changed that. And I think that there's a bravery that's required to really mature. And unfortunately, a lot of us are stripped of that bravery early and we are riddled with insecurity. And that insecurity is what's holding us back from being able to show up for ourselves because we don't even trust ourselves enough to show up for ourselves. And fuck the people who put you in that position because that shit happened before you even knew what to do with yourself. And that fucking sucks. But if you're listening to this and this is resonating with you, I want you to know that you do have the power to take your power back from those that took it from you in the first place. You do. Everything you have is in you. It really is. It's in you. It's in you. I'm telling you. We all have God in us. It's in you. My Reiki healer was like, Amanda, I'm not healing you. I'm feeling you. And I said, oh, my God. Put it on a shirt. I want to go to the Patreon because we got some more questions and I'm really appreciating this conversation because it's really pushing me to challenge myself and to think greater and more beyond just the thoughts that are in my head. So that's why I appreciate so much you guys and the engagement that we have because it feels like I'm doing no work without even having to, you know, set time aside to do the work. It's like the my work is the work and that's a beautiful, like I feel like that's a luxury. So head on over to the SEAL squad. We're going to talk more about maturity. That, that one, one time. time. <laughs> so earlier in the episode, I was talking about how Tabitha Brown, when she was on the episode, she was talking about this moment where she went in the mirror and she looked at God and she said, you know, I will be obedient. Like moving forward, I will be obedient. And like she, and she actually told me, she said, you know, every time that I don't listen to that, you know, it, it blows up in my face. And it felt very literal just because I know that Tabitha is very Christian and she is very rooted in her faith. And sometimes there's a bridge of translation that has to happen between those who are, committed to a religious base around their spirituality and those of us who have our spirituality existing without that religious realm, but still there's still the same connectivity to a higher power, right? Even if it looks different or is prescribed different or, you know, the rules are different. It still is this idea of I am not the one necessarily just ruling my path, right? And for me, what I, so for me, I, you know, and I've talked about this before, but I believe that God is in all of us. And I believe that however we ended up here, we continue to be connected, right? And there's certain biological things that happen that to me just demonstrate that, right? Like the fact that like, there's such a thing called herd immunity. You know, the fact that, you know, when one person yawns, you yawn. The fact that like women can be around each other and then like our cycles will sync up. You know, I'm sure there's like science around all of this. And I'm, I, I think that the reality though is that like our biology has a knack for connecting, right? It's like these synapses that connect. And we're just like this infinite, we're just kind of like this, this infinite chain of Wi-Fi. Maybe that's what the end of us was when they're all holding hands, because I still haven't figured it out. But nonetheless, because of that belief, I do believe that God is in us and we have to tap in. I believe that when we're praying, we are praying to access that energy that is within us and that is out here and bringing it to us because it is manifesting. It is like putting out the bat signal or the Montgomery hat signal, so to speak. But nonetheless, for me, the obedience that Tabitha's talking about for me is is trust. And it's trust in that I am connected to that network of our God ability. And that network is speaking to me because I'm connected to it. And so when that network that exists and that is in the world that I'm connected to on a 
high vibration level, when that vibration comes back and tells me, hey, this isn't it, listen to it. And if you listen to it from a pure place, then you will have positive results. It's when the impure reasons come in that you start not having the results because you're being ruled by something that is not really of the goodness. And I believe that the God in us is the goodness. That's what I believe. And so when I'm connecting to that, I'm connecting to the goodness. And goodness may be like too much of like a top line word, but I'm trying as a person in my life right now to really be honest with my self by listening to the God and goodness. And that is the most literal example of maturity that I can say. And I'll tell you, like, I was going to have a screening for In Amanda We Trust. And I connected with this person who, you know, does events. And we weren't able to connect at first, but then we were able to have a conversation about it and it sounded good. And then she had like a health issue happen. So then that like threw us back a week. And then there just kept being like impediments, right? And I realized like, oh, you're not listening. These impediments at this point are not simply just coincidence. It's in the way. It's force, not flow. So listen and ask yourself, why are you really trying to make this happen? Why are you really trying to do this screening? And when I really heard myself, it was like, well, because I, I felt like I needed to do something in LA to show that I did something. And that is not high vibration thinking. What's the better reason to do a screening? And the better reason is to share with the people that have shared their love with me something that I loved doing. And once I decided to do that, I was like, oh, well, I don't need to go to some fancy place and spend a bunch of money. I can do that at the house. <laughs> and it felt so, and it literally just like boom, 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 laid it out. And I know that may seem like a kind of perfunctory example, but it really is just an example of like, oh, I had to listen and I had to be honest with myself about where I was actually tapping into. And I wasn't tapping into the high vibration. I was tapping into the low vibration, which is, you know, one of kind of like surface. It's the yin and the yang. You know, the yang, they say, is, is more like surface and more like appearances, et cetera. And it's more force. And the yin is more soft. The yin is more truth. The yin is more flow. And so all of these things, as it relates to maturity, though, are simply about just being willing to try. I think that's the other part of maturity is being willing to try, being willing to consider that you have been in process this whole time and get your ego out of the way because who the fuck are you to have ego about this? You came in here like everybody else as this being that didn't know shit. Even if you had it in your DNA, you didn't even know how to read it yet. You didn't even know how to read the trauma that you traveled here with. You didn't even know how to read the gifts that you traveled here with. You didn't have that ability yet. But as you've lived through life and you may have been more aware of these things, you start to gain those abilities. And then the maturity is believing and then trusting and then admitting. And really all of this is, again, acquiescing, right? It is surrendering. Surrendering and surrendering feels like loss. But the reality is, surrendering is not loss. Surrendering is like, you know what? We've done, we fought the fight. <laughs> you win. You win. You have better weapons, you have better plans, you have better strategy, you win. Well, who's gonna have better weapons and better strategy and better strategy than the high vibration or the God or whatever that is out here that is really about elevation? 
I don't even necessarily think you have to believe in God to believe in just aligning yourself with elevation. So maturity for me is not simply about like, oh, I'm paying my bills on time. It's not simply about I'm handling my responsibilities. It's not simply about I am being considerate. All of those things are are factors, but I think maturity, the true scope of maturity is what allows you to do all those things. And it's really you saying, I want to be in this space in an elevated way. Maturity, elevation. I want to mature. I knew that my relationship had come to a head when we both weren't as enthusiastic about the wonderment of maturing beyond where we were to where we could be. And that's that. I mean, it's, I don't think it's even much more complex than that. I mean, there's tentacles that come out of that, but ultimately that was the seed. And once that seed had been identified, because I feel like I had been trying to dig that seed up for a while to try and figure out what it was. Like there's something, I just got to get to the root of our shit. Like, what is it? When I finally got to it, it was like, oh, that's what it is. I want, I want to exist different. And once I realized that it was like, oh, okay, it's going to be different. We may have to go to therapy to do this and we may have to read books to do this, but like, how fun would it be to explore a new level of ourselves together? Like, that's what I want in my next relationship. Now, the thing about maturation and maturing though, is that some things force you into maturity. Like some things I think force you into saying like, let me check myself. You know, a lot of people tell me that when they had a kid, that was like the thing that really made them be like, okay, I need to consider how I'm existing differently, right? Or that like when they had a death, particularly a parent pass away, it really was like this a wake up call that like there was no more room to like indulge in your trauma. And I think that's really the key in the T is that we think like, oh, you're taking my childhood. And it's like, well, no, you lived your childhood. What you're trying to do right now is still exist like and still let your trauma like run you. And that that ain't it. You know, my mom gave away my trampoline and she didn't tell me that she did it, but she did it. And it really like hurt me. And anyone who knows about my trampoline and knows about my connection to my trampoline understands that. She gave it away and she gave it away on some spiteful shit. So that was one thing. And then on the heels of that, it's like me and my ex break up. And this is somebody that I've known since I was 19. So it's like in these two instances, it was like very strong connections to my childhood were just like removed. And it left me saying like, well, what does that really mean? Do I continue to clamor for those things or do I look at it as... I am being kind of like released, like the tethers holding a a hot air balloon to the ground, like to ascend. And that's how I've decided to accept it. And I've excited to revel in that. And it doesn't mean that I don't have a youthful heart. It doesn't mean that I don't have a young spirit, but it means that there's a new place for me to go and to grow to. And in order to do that, I have to mature. I have to like ascend to that. And that requires trust and it requires honesty that oftentimes sometimes means it requires exiting. It requires boundaries. It requires removals. It requires just truths, you know, like, oh, these people in my life, like these certain people, like I like them. They're great. They're cool, but they're not in it like that. They're not in it with me like that. Like I've had to be honest with myself like that. In the past, I think I would have simply been like, I'm cutting them off. And it's not even like that anymore. It's just, I don't have to cut you off. I just, I have to consider you differently. That's the maturity. I don't have to burn the bridge, but... I have other routes over this river. And I got to tell you, it is a different space and time. 
the last dose. Some of you are hearing this next Patreon question again because it was the ending of the episode. And I put it at the ending of the episode because after I said it, I felt like it was something that we could all benefit from hearing because when I'm here doing these episodes and I'm talking some like I'm I'm talking with my consciousness, but something is speaking through me. And so some, sometimes the things that are coming through me and that are getting said are being said back to me. It's like things I needed to hear that no one else said to me. So I had to say them to myself type of shit. I don't know how else to describe it. It's a bit woo woo. Again, I'll bring up that when I needed to break up with somebody, I was literally reading my book, Small Doses. And our engineer, Brendan, right here, was the one who came on the mic and was like, hey, so I think you should listen to what you're actually saying to the people, but like apply it to yourself because it's like valid. So that's why you're hearing the same ending here, because I felt like it was something that needed to be said to the masses. When is the best time to walk away from a relationship, platonic, sibling, romantic work, et cetera? Is it immature to walk away? I think I said this earlier and I may say this later, but I just feel like when people are like harmful and they're not making the concerted efforts to stop harming, then there has to be a boundary. You know, there has to be a boundary. I think especially if they have access to it. You know, if you have access to healthcare, you have access to therapy, you have access to, you know, methods that can be effective in changing the way that you interact with somebody and and removing the consistent threat of harm. If you have access to those things and you actively and willfully deny them, I think that there has to be a a shift and there has to be consequences. And I think that's the thing that a lot of us are afraid of. We're afraid of having to ascribe consequences to the people that we love because the term consequences feels like punishment. It feels like punishment. And uh, if you are a care and kind and giving person, you don't really want to punish people, even though they are considerably frustrating or even just fucking straight up mean to you. But there's no other way to learn. You know, there's a saying, the best lessons are learned in blood, (laughs) which is why I say that we got to bring back punching people in the face. Now, I am not suggesting that you need to punch people in the face. But what I am saying is that to prevent you from punching them in the face, you may need to create distance. And the distance is often a feeling to them of being punched in the face. It's a blow. And maybe that blow will knock some fucking sense into them. And maybe it won't. And then you got to figure out how that shows how you interact. But it's a real deal thing. You know, maturity is elevation. And in order to fly, you just simply cannot have everybody holding on. You need the people who have their own wings and are looking to fly with you. 